0: As you can uh, see, we're beginning a sermon series through the winter months on the book of Luke. This is the second book of Luke that we've been in this year. Through the fall season, we were in uh, the fifth book of the New Testament, the book of Acts. Now we're going back to Luke's original account of the life and teachings of, of Jesus. And so I hope that you'll be with us, plan to be with us through these winter months as we travel along with Jesus. We're going to drop in. ...on some of the fascinating encounters that he had with people. We'll watch and listen as he calms a a raging storm. We'll, I hope, even our chin will drop as we visit the widow in the funeral procession where she she raises uh, the widow's son to life. We'll hear him tell the story about the lost son who found his way back home. We'll listen at his feet as he teaches us why we should not be critical and how we can avoid stress. So come with us these winter months. Great truths, I hope, for all of us. I hope that you plan to be here every week. Let's speak to the Father before we go right to the subject at hand this morning. Father, now as we open this Gospel book of Luke over these, this day and over these next weeks, Father, would you visit us, I pray. Speak to us, everyone. May we hear truth that connects with us in our inner spirit, that connects with our resolve and not only becomes words that we hear and not just words that we agree with, truths that we agree with, but it will plug in to our, and change our thinking and change the way we speak and change the way we act, let this be life-changing truth for us today, we pray in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Do you need a fresh start at the beginning of this new year? I'm sure it's no surprise to you that most people who make a fresh start in some area of their lives... Do it at the beginning of a new year. And we call them New Year's... That's what we call them, yes. Did you know this? That about one half of Canadians make New Year's resolutions. Do you know what the most popular resolutions are? Let me list some of them to you. I'm sure you would know them if you were to guess. I'm going to spend more time with my family. I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to get out of debt this year. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to volunteer. I'm going to get more organized. And then the single most popular New Year's resolution. You know where I'm going, don't you? This year I'm going to diet, diet, lose weight. Yes, you have it. I'm going to lose weight. I've lost a lot of weight in my fresh starts over the years. Do you know that I have lost over 200 pounds in my adult life? The problem is I've gained more than those 200 pounds. Tuesday of this week, I would start tomorrow, but I have a sister who has a birthday party and they're serving ice cream cake. (laughs) So I can't start tomorrow. I'm going to start on Tuesday, but I'm serious. We're doing the keto thing starting. Did that last year. Dropped about 18 pounds. Felt better than I had in years. And then what happened? Well, my resolve lessened, and I've picked up about two-thirds of the 18 I've lost. So you will have a new pastor this year, and it'll be me. It'll be a skinnier, at least a thinner me. You know what? The reason I think that some of my past fresh starts in terms of weight loss, uh, attempts have failed, is because uh, I'm like a lot of people who, who want to make a fresh start in some area of their lives, and they really want to. And at the beginning, their intentions are good, and their resolve is firm, but then it's not so firm. And then they wa- waffle, and then they quit. I want to talk to you this morning about a man who had a fresh start. We're in Luke chapter 5 today. This man had, had a fresh start. Listen to me. Something way beyond a half-hearted resolution. He experienced a radical change in his life for the better. For this man, things would never again be the same. Many of you here in this room have experienced just such a fresh start. I believe that there are some in this crowd here this morning that you you strongly desire and you greatly need a fresh start in your life. Someone here, probably this morning, you've made a fresh start. But as you reflect on that, it was kind of half-hearted and amounted to really no start at all. Someone here, perhaps you started well when you made a fresh start, but then you staggered and then you stalled. Someone here, maybe this morning, needs a restart. Don't we all at times need a fresh start? Do you desire a fresh touch of God on your life? Not at me if you do. I'm your pastor. I admit that I need a fresh start. Maybe it's the time for you this day, a recommitment, a a time to rededicate your life, a time to renew your vows, the vows that you made to the Father. So come with me now, Luke chapter 5. Let's read it together. The words will be on the screen. This morning I'll be awed. You be even. Let's read together. Here we go. Verse 27. Later, as Jesus left town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collection booth. Come be my disciple, Jesus said to him. Soon, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests were there. Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Levi, as you see, was a tax collector, and of all the people who lived in Palestine during those days, tax collectors were the most hated, and there was good reason for this hatred, if there could possibly be a good reason to hate someone. You see, the Romans who ruled the country, this country at this time, didn't collect the taxes from the people themselves. Instead, they found a Jew to collect the taxes from his fellow Jews. And it worked like this. The collector knew what every citizen was assessed. The citizen didn't know what he was assessed. Only the collector did. And so the collector was allowed to collect whatever he could as long as he covered what the Romans wanted, he could keep the rest. Do you see how that would lend itself to serious corruption? Let me give you an example. Suppose I'm a tax collector, and I tell you that you owe the government $2,000. You don't, really, but that's what I tell you. And and so maybe you really only owe the government $1,000, but I tell you it's two. You give me two, I give the government one, and I pocket the other 1,000 for myself, and you'd never know the difference. Now, of course, you all understand I would never do that to you. You do understand that, right, okay. But everybody everybody in the Middle East during these days, they all knew what these tax collectors did, how they did it, and they hated them for it. So here sits Levi at his tax collector booth, and Jesus comes along. And speaks to him and says, come follow me. Probably what would be considered one of the most wicked, one of the most sinful persons in the whole culture would be the tax collector. Jesus says, come follow me. And later, of course, Levi became Matthew. He had a name change. Maybe he changed his name so people couldn't chase him down because he had cheated them. You think maybe? Sort of like Levi changing his name is sort of like him going into the witness protection program. So Jesus comes by and says just four simple but powerful words, come be my disciple. And Levi got up from the table and followed Jesus and his life was forever changed. He had a fresh start. Now hear me this morning. If, if a racketeer like Levi, can have a fresh start, so can you. Or a restart, or a do-over. Aren't you glad today that we serve a God of second chances? Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that we serve a God who does do-overs? So do you need a fresh start? Are you following Jesus today? Do you want to start today? or restart today. Well, you may be saying this morning, Pastor John, what's involved? When you say fresh start, what is it that you mean? What do you mean? And so let's look together for a few minutes now. What does it mean to have a fresh start? And I have five truths that I want to draw from this passage this morning. Come with me now, would you please? Let's travel along with Jesus' These moments together. Here's the first thing I want you to notice. To have a fresh start, it doesn't mean that you just get religious. It doesn't mean that you kind of uh, increase the number of religious things you're doing. We notice in this story that these religious types were adamantly opposed to everything that Jesus was and what Jesus did. And they had nothing, nothing but contempt For Levi, they were disgusted that Jesus called Levi to follow him. But oh, they were religious. Oh, yes. I take you back to verse 30 where it says, the eighth word in, but the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law, these guys were religious. They all thought that they had an inside track to God. I mean, think about these religious guys. They went to the temple. That would be their equivalent of going to church. They went every day. They performed their religious rituals. They studied the scriptures. They taught other people. They were religious. Now hear me this morning, lest you misunderstand. Studying the scriptures is a good thing. Is it a religious thing to do? It is, but it's a good thing attending church like you're doing this morning, is a good thing. And being diligent to, to perform religious duties can be, should be a good thing. They're good things. They can and should be helpful. But hear me this morning. In and of themselves, they can't give you a fresh start. They can't. They can't change your life. You understand this, don't you? Being religious isn't what following Jesus is all about. That's not what it's about. These religious characters, these religious Pharisees and teachers of the law were empty and hollow and void of all passion and devotion to the very God that they claimed to represent and follow. Doing religious things, if we're not careful, can be like that. Example, years ago, many years ago, a pastor was out visiting at a couple's home out in the country. Now, this was way back in the day that if a pastor traveled 30 or 40 miles, which could happen at times, to visit a parishioner, they would visit and then stay the night. Aren't you glad I don't do that? I bet you are, yes. So uh, the pastor had the visit with the family, and then they gave him a room, and he woke up early the next day to hear a sweet and soft soprano voice singing, near my God to thee. And he was impressed. He was impressed by the piety of the young hostess since she evidently began her day in such a religious manner. And at breakfast the next morning, he spoke to her about it. And he told her how pleased he was that she was, that she was so devout and so so obviously so close and committed to God. And she replied, oh, she said, that's the hymn that I boil the eggs by. Three verses for soft-boiled eggs and five verses for hard-boiled eggs. you get the point here this morning? You can, you can get religious. You can do religious things and totally miss the fresh start that transformed Levi's life. You with me now? Are you? Nod at me. The lights are a little bright. There, I can see you nodding. I think you are with me. You can come here and sit through a service like this and totally miss the point. Totally miss the purpose for which this service was designed. To help you have a fresh touch. If you're not careful, you can do that. And, and it needs to be said to the veteran Christians here present this morning that you can have a genuine fresh start months or years ago in your life and fall back into a joyless, dreary practice of doing religious things. I urge you this morning, be careful. Do you need a fresh Star. 19th century theologian Soren Kierkegaard identified a religion that he described it, that is faith in name only. And then he defined what this dry dead religion looked like. And here's his description. Doing religious things, like we are all doing here this morning, without genuine faith and commitment to the living Lord. That's what these Pharisees and these teachers of religious law had. That's not what Levi experienced. It's not. All right, let's go to number two. So to have a fresh start, it doesn't simply mean that you do religious things. Here's number two. To have a fresh start doesn't mean that you simply try to be a better person. It doesn't mean that. Look again at the last words in verse 32. It says, Jesus replied to these, I'm better than you guys. Jesus says to them, I didn't come to spend my time with those who think they are already good enough. Jesus makes it clear here in this passage when he speaks to these guys that that a fresh start isn't about simply trying to be a better person. That's not what it's about. Following Jesus doesn't begin with an attempt to be good enough to please God. You understand that, don't you? And do I need to remind you who have already experienced a fresh start in your life, the conversion experience, that following Jesus isn't about trying to be a better person. Stay with me now. Paul posed this question to the Gentile, to the Galatian Christians. And here's what he said. What are you, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? It's not what being a Christian is about. Just trying, trying, trying to be more like Jesus. Trying to be a better person. That won't give you a fresh start. Pastor Andy Stanley pastors that great church in Atlanta, Georgia, still to this day, tells the story of an attempt of a Sunday school teacher of six-year-olds to explain what following Jesus and one day making heaven is all about, how you do it. And in an attempt to discover what the kids already believed about the subject, the the teacher decided to ask a few questions. So the teacher says, If I sold my house and my car, and, and, and had a big garage sale. And I gave away all the money I got to the church. Would that get me into heaven? And the children all shouted in unison, no. So the teacher then asked, if I cleaned the church every day and mowed the yard, shoveled the steps, and kept everything neat and tidy, would that get me into heaven? And once again, the children came back with, no. No. Well then, said the teacher, if I was kind to animals and gave candy to all the children and loved my wife, would that get me into heaven? And again, all the children in unison shouted, no. Well then, said the teacher, how should I follow Jesus? How should I make heaven one day? And a boy in the back row stood up and shouted, you got to be dead. Well, he kind of had it right, didn't he? But hear me, so many people today have it wrong about this matter of a fresh start, about, about this matter of following Jesus, about this whole matter of one day hearing the words, well done, good and faithful servant. How many times... How many times in my lifetime have I heard people say in answer to this question that I've asked them? Here's the question that I've posed all through the years. If God appeared to you and were to ask you why he should let you into his heaven, how would you respond? Most all of the answers I've, down through the years I get to that question are, are, run something like this. Well, I've always tried to, and they go on or i never do this or that and they name some things that have i've always do my best to be a good person a good neighbor to treat and on and on and most answers go back that i've heard over the years go back to one's attempt to a person's attempt to live a good life they think that's what following jesus they they, they think that's the essence of this matter of having a fresh start and following Jesus. Listen, it isn't. It isn't. Nowhere is it stated more clearly than in Romans chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, and here's what Paul the apostle writes. No one, no one is good enough. No one has ever, ever followed God's paths. Not even one. Trying to be good enough then isn't the fresh start, won't get you the fresh start that we all need. Simply trying to be a better person isn't the way to continue after we've had that fresh start either. Let me go to number three. Well, then what does it mean to have a fresh start? Well, here's what it does mean. It means that you admit that you desperately need one. You can't have a fresh start. You can't have a a restart or a, a fresh touch of God on your life at the beginning of 2020 without admitting that you desperately need a fresh touch from God. Verse 31. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call sinners. Jesus said these words to those religious guys who thought they were well. They didn't think they had a problem. They thought they didn't think they were sick. They thought they were okay. They thought they did not need a fresh start. Their attitude was this. Levi, the scumbag, he needs a fresh start. He's a sinner, but I'm not. How little they knew that they needed a fresh start, far worse than Levi, who was humble before God and admitted he needed a fresh start. You remember disciple Peter's, his first encounter with Jesus? Ever read that account in the scripture? When he first met Jesus and he realized who Jesus was, his words were, oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. Nothing will get you a fresh start or a restart like that kind of a prayer prayed today, no matter how long you've been a believer. Oh, Father, I need a fresh start. That opened the door. Those words, Father, Jesus, I'm not worthy to be even around you. Those words opened the door to Peter's fresh start and Levi's fresh start and your fresh start. There is no fresh start for anyone who won't say, oh, God, I need your help. Oh, God, I'm a sinner. Please help me. I met Mrs. Canty while in the hospital visiting many years ago. I didn't go in to see her. I was visiting the lady in the bed near the door, and it was a two-bed ward. And so the lady I was visiting said, Why don't you go over and visit my friend? And she introduced me to this 93-year-old lady in failing health. And it was the first of many, my many visits with this lady over months. And I knew this lady from the way she talked to me was religious. She made it very clear she was a religious person. She made it very cl- clear that she was a good person. I knew that she had a church background. And, but I didn't know. I didn't know if that would translate it into her following Jesus Levi style. You with me? So I said, trying to find the words to talk to this lady at 93 so I could determine where she was and see if I could help her. I, I said, Mrs. Canty, tell me about the day that you became a Christian. That wasn't getting anything out of her. So I said, tell me about the day you started following Jesus And I said it two or three other ways. Tell me about the day you repented of your sins and asked God to forgive you. Well, that hit a nerve. And uh, she was a tiny little lady. She, She wouldn't approach 90 pounds with a backpack full of bricks on her back. She was just a little tiny lady. She wouldn't be anywhere near five foot tall. And she looked, lifted her head there in that hospital bed and looked down her long, bony nose. At, uh, that's not nice. Look looked down her elegant, long nose at me with almost a contempt. And she, she said, I don't have any sins. Listen to me. No hope of a fresh start. No hope of a restart in your life. No hope of, of a fresh touch of God in your life unless you can say the words, oh God, I'm in trouble here. I'm struggling. I need you. No hope of a fresh start at 13 or 33 or 93 if your attitude is, I'm just fine. no hope of a restart, no hope of a revival for Crosspoint Church in 2020 unless in mass we can say, oh God, we need you to do a new thing here at Crosspoint in 2020. And I need to be part of it. I need a fresh touch of God on my life. Unless we can say I'm in trouble, I need help, I desperately need a fresh start to have a Levi type Fresh start. You must be willing to admit that you desperately need one. Here's the next thing I want you to notice. A fresh start does mean that you stop doing what is wrong. Verse 32, I have come to call sinners to turn from their sins. The Amplified New Testament is just that. The Amplified New Testament uses three or four words uh, to define one word, and here's how it's in the Amplified: I have come to call those not free from sin to repentance, that is, to change their minds for the better and heartily amend their ways with abhorrence of their past sins. That's quite plain. We agree to stop doing the things we know to be wrong. Repent simply means that we agree. That we're going in one direction and we agree to do an about face and go in the opposite direction. So many people today would say, oh yes, I, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. And yet they keep right on living the way they were. With no obvious change in their life. The New Testament uses the word repent 50 times. The New Testament makes it so very clear that you can't add Jesus Christ to your life without subtracting sin. When our youngest daughter, Kate, was a little girl, she loved to sing, or to be singed, sang, sing, sang, sung. You know what I mean. She liked liked it when we sang to her. And uh, one day, my wife, Willow Ann, was singing an old hymn to her. Some of you remember this old hymn. He took my sins away. The song says, only Willow Ann sang it. He took your sins away. Kate was a strong-willed little girl, and her face clouded over, and she said, I want them back. (laughs) Listen to me. No no fresh start. A fresh start requires that we turn. I've heard people say, well, the Bible says if we just believe in Jesus, that we're, that we're all right. And one day when we stand before God, if we just say, well, I believe, everything's okay. And when you press the word repent on them, I've had people suggest that we're adding something to the word believe. No, we're not. We're not adding to the word believe. To explain what the word believe means in the New Testament, you can't explain it without using the word repent in there somewhere. There's no belief without repentance. Many years ago, Billy Graham addressed a rally attended by a notorious gangster by the name of Mickey Cohen. You may have, there's been a movie made about this guy now uh, and a few years ago. And anyway, this gangster, Mickey Cohen, expressed some interest in Billy Graham's preaching and in his message. And so a friend says to Cohen, urge Cohen to invite Jesus Christ into his life. And Cohen says, okay, I will. And when the guy saw him later, he says, yes, I did invite Jesus into my life. But this close friend, as he hung with Cohen, noticed that nothing seemed to change in Cohen's life and spoke to him about it. Here was Cohen's response. You didn't tell me I'd have to give up my work. He meant his rackets. You didn't tell me he said that I'd have to give up my friends. He meant his gangster associates. Cohen had heard that this Christian was a Christian cowboy and and this person was a Christian actress, And this one was a Christian senator, and he thought he could be a Christian gangster. No fresh start for Mickey Cohen. No fresh start for Levi. No fresh start for you. No fresh start for me without a turning from all that we know to be wrong. Here's the last one this morning. To have a fresh start does mean that your life turns upside down. I take you back to verse 28. Levi got up, hear these words now. Levi got up and left everything. Left everything and followed him. Left everything? He got up out of his tax collecting table, got up, left his table, left his money, left his business, left his job, left his means of supporting himself, no idea where he was going, no idea how he would live, no idea probably how he would put food on the table. Levi just left everything and followed Jesus. Jesus became the number one priority in his life. Now here's a great definition of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. One who leaves everything or is willing to leave everything and follow Jesus. That means that anything and everything that keeps you from following Jesus must go if you would have a fresh start. 2 Corinthians 5:17 says it well, those who became Christians become new persons. They are not the same anymore. The old life has gone. A new life has begun. That's a fresh start. Your life turns upside down. Do you need a fresh start in your life? I need to come back to Mrs. Canty's story that I was talking to you about minutes ago. The 93-year-old lady who said to me, I don't have any sins. When she said that to me, it, it just took me back. And I, had, I couldn't think of a possible response. And I found myself just scrambling and praying. Oh, God, help me to know what to say to this lady. And it was as if, at that moment, God whispered in my ear and told me to say this. And here's what I said to her. Why, Mrs. Canty? You're the first person in all of history who never sinned. But Miss Canty, the the Bible makes it so clear that every one of us have sinned. All of us have thought things that we regret. All of us have spoken words which we, we wish we hadn't spoken. All of us have done things which are wrong. Mrs. Canty, there are no exceptions. We've all sinned. You and me. And Mother Teresa and Billy Graham and every other person who ever lived. And as I spoke, I I looked into her face and there were tears running down her face. And here's what she said. Imagine this. At 93, she said to me, nobody has ever told me that before. And I told her that if she would admit that she was a sinner if she would repent of her sins and invite Jesus Christ into her life, she could have a fresh start right there in that hospital room at 93 years of age. And she did. Yes, she did. And it was just a matter of a few weeks later at 93 and in failing health, I went back to her hospital room and poured a glass of water over her head and baptized her in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit and then a few months after that I preached her funeral sermon she went home to be with the Lord let me ask you if we close this morning as the worship team comes and we sing again do you need a fresh start today do you need a a restart in your life maybe there's some here this morning you've never made a commitment to Jesus Christ You've, you've never had that initial fresh start then you would need to pray a prayer similar to this one Lord Jesus I admit that I'm a sinner and I'm sorry for my sins and I repent and with your help I turn from my sins I believe you died on the cross for me please forgive me and come into my life and be my Lord and Savior you can have a fresh start here this day And if you need a restart today, a fresh touch, kind of a, this for you maybe is a, this first Sunday of 2020 is a rededication day for you. Your prayer would be more like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm not where I once was. I've strayed from where I once was. I'm not as close to you. Forgive me from where I've failed and where I've sinned. And I repent and I need to restart and I'm rededicating my life to you today.